0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. We're back with the Detroit Buy, Hold, Invest podcast, episode number three. I'm your host, David Rabior, Clyde Realty, DetroitBuyHoldInvest.com. Let's get right into it. The purpose of this podcast was basically to let people know, you know, how to get started and how to avoid the pitfalls as an agent in real estate. Um, there's plenty of them. And as an investor, there's plenty of them that you should avoid. And There's plenty of predatory people. And before I get started, I wanted to say this. Most podcasts that you go to these days, they start off with a disclaimer where they say, you know, the show's for informational purposes only and, and don't take anything that I say as the gospel and whatnot. And, and, and to me, I don't believe that I need to do a disclaimer. I'm just going to say this understand that when people act in the best interest of you they don't have to worry about getting sued. So we're gonna go into it uh, and start off today with you know a few things that I covered in my last few podcasts one of which was like mindset where you need to be and who you need to be and and uh, in my first episode you know I talked a little bit about you know the mindset of a real estate investor and kind of you know where you need to be and what you need to think about philosophy wise in your in your life you know, and and where you want to go with it and what kind of wealth that you're looking to attain and all that good stuff. So this episode, you know, I wanted to do kind of an intro about, you know, so you've decided who you are, you've decided what kind of person you want to be, you've made the decision that you don't want to let somebody else exchange your time for money and limit you to how much money you're going to make and and basically dictate to you um, how much money that you're going to ultimately make, which will lead to what your net worth is long term and and what your retirement's like in the future and things of that nature. So this podcast is basically, you know, where do I get started now? Well, there's a few things. First thing is, how are you going to finance um, this idea that you've come up with uh, about becoming an investor? Because there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. Um, You can take cash that you've saved up. You can, uh, you know, take interest-bearing money that you might have in your self-directed IRA or some self-directed product. Um, you can attain conventional financing through the bank like, like anybody else would do, um, you know, where you have to go through the gauntlet and submitting tax returns and bank uh, pay stubs and, you know, get your Social Security number out there and go through a hard pull and, and all that stuff. And then that's necessary. You know, and you're buying a, a house for yourself, for your personal residence, and it's it's necessary as well when you're trying to buy a, a rental property because not only do you need to have the ability to qualify for a loan, but you also need to have the ability to, um, you know, go to the lender and and produce something uh, to the lender that shows that you have the reserves, like necessary money to operate um uh, under the presumption that you were to get a rental property, I mean, you can't just go sign up and and put twenty percent down and, and everything is going to be fine. That's not how it works. Um, how it really works is you, you got to have twenty percent uh, down, and you and that twenty percent down is going to cover a lot of different things, like setting up your your taxes and and your your escrow for the taxes and your insurance and and the insurance that that is paid out of the escrow. And some investors choose to not. Um, allow their lender to set up the escrow and they want to pay them on their own. I would suggest that you don't do that unless you're very, very responsible with money because these bills compile and, and they tend to hit all at the wrong times. And that's just kind of how it goes. You know, we've all been there. So, Um, There's a lot of different ways that you can get funding. Another method for you to get the funding is called DSCR financing. You know, you can research that, which essentially is a non-QM or a non-Fannie or Freddie back type loan program that they use your credit score and um, the property itself and how much money in rent that that property brings in, you know, and and with that, they can qualify you for a a non-traditional or conventional loan that, some would say are are predatory, but there's reasons, and we'll go to it in in different shows about you know why DSCR financing could be effective and why you know you should avoid it if you need to. It really is just up to you know the person about what you want to do. But ultimately, you know, before you get started in investing, you have to make sure that you get your money right because every offer that you make is going to be contingent on a proof of funds that you're going to need to provide to whoever it is that's selling the property, whether it be an agent or a private seller or a wholesaler or some jack leg off the street. I mean, you're going to have to be able to prove you got the money, right? So in that regard, the first thing is, you know, if you're very interested and you want to talk about uh, potentially moving forward with investment, like schedule a call with me today. Um, you can reach me by my email um, at property at gmail.com. Um, You can also reach out to me on my cell phone 313-451-0448. Make sure you always leave a detailed message or a text. Um, I can't go back and call back every number that calls me in a day. There's just absolutely no way that I'd be able to do that. I have to, I probably have to devote an hour and a half to two hours every day, just calling back numbers that don't leave any messages. So, you know, unfortunately, if you don't do that, I won't call you back. And it says that right on my voicemail. So, um, Getting back to what I was saying, so there's all these different ways to to get financing and and what you need to do is figure out how you're going to you know, finance what you plan to do, and and by what means. And if you need a consultation, you can reach out to me. We'll sit down. We'll talk about some different things that you can do, um, some different methods that, and 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 different lanes that you can you can take to be able to get this done. So that's the first thing. So once you finally have done that, you've decided who you are, what you want to be. You've got the mindset that you want to you want more for yourself, and you want to provide a better life for your family. You want to have a better chance at a comfortable retirement. You want to be able to have um, some net worth so that you can actually enjoy yourself later on in life, or even now, right? Um, you, you've decided who you want to be. You've decided that you want to get started. You sit down with me. You get a consultation. We go into um, you know my referral base, and I give you some lenders, and you go out and you get it. Now what do you do? Well, the reason why you're coming into the Detroit market is because you, in whatever environment that you come from, or whatever city, town, state, You've looked around and you've saw that, you know, in most markets, the amount of money it costs to get into a rental property is excessive and the returns are extremely low because the, you know, the properties are expensive. And, you know, in Detroit and other cities in the Midwest, the reason why it's so attractive is people look around and they say, hey, you know, what, how can I get the most for my money? Well, The way that you get the most for your money is you look into the Midwest because that's where the remaining five or six places in this country that you can actually buy a property for a set amount. Let's say you're using a mortgage. You you can buy a property with a mortgage and your rent that you receive from a tenant will exceed what your payment plus taxes and insurance will be. And it will exceed it by a lot if you do it correctly. And then you can make a true passive income stream this way. For some investors, you know that's as simple as making a net profit of $300 or more uh, after they pay all the bills, uh, after the mortgage payment is paid and, and everything else. Um, and some of them want a little bit more, and some people are coming in here and deploying cash and and looking to get cap rates in excess of ten percent. And in a lot of cases, you can get that true two percent rule on your on your rent, where you you know you're buying a property for you know seventy five thousand dollars, and you're going to get you know 1500 $1, dollars in in rent. You know, I mean, that's ideal scenario in most places. If you got one percent, you'd be lucky. But in Detroit, doing it at one and a half is is definitely possible, and that's just not the city of Detroit. That's also encompassing the uh, suburban areas around it. you know, pretty much with the the demographic of people that we have and the median income that we have, after you get up past, I'll say a 140000 dollars on a single family home, the rent doesn't give you that extremely good return um, like it does at a cheaper price point. But between the windows of let's say $75 and $125, the amount of money and rent that Section Eight will pay or a cash paying tenant will pay definitely checks the boxes for most investors, particularly investors from larger states in larger cities like Los Angeles, Houston, Uh, Miami, Boston, New York. I mean, you're you're talking about cities where to get a rental property, I mean, you're not touching anything for less than $700,000 unless you're extremely lucky. And if there is a good deal, everybody in town is jumping all over it because there's just not a lot of good deals coming. And so you're always in a competitive market. And and in some markets, there's also rent control, which prevents you from charging an adequate amount of rent for you to see a return. So that leaves people going into the Midwest and seeing places like Cleveland and, and Detroit and Memphis and Baltimore and, you know, areas like that, Pittsburgh. And they're looking at, you know, single family homes and what they can buy them for and what the the payment will be. And what the rent will be, and they're saying, "Hey, you know, in market that I'm in, yeah, I would have to leverage all I have for one property, but I could take a HELOC, let's say, on my home in California for four hundred grand, and I could come into Detroit and buy six, eight properties, and and all of them I could make Section Eight rentals, and all of them I could get on a three bedroom, you know, twelve fifty to fourteen hundred dollars, depending on you know how it all plays out in the agency and the voucher and whatever. And we'll go into that uh, at another time. But you came into the The best investment market in the country in Detroit, you know, and and you're you're interested, you're curious, and you want to know, like, how do I do it? Well, the biggest thing for all of these investors that I talk to, and I talk to them every single day, is I have the money, I have the knowledge, I've done research, I've gone online, I've read things, and you know, I've watched the YouTube videos, and I've went to some of these wonky seminars and paid money for some guy to force me force feed me with a bunch of BS that, you know, may or may not be true. And, and now I'm ready to pull the trigger. And, and I just, I want to buy in Detroit. I want to buy in Metro Detroit. I want to buy somewhere there because the price point is attractive. But the biggest thing that I have going against me is if I do that, how am I going to actually operate? You know, that's the biggest fallback for everybody is like, I have no boots on the ground. I, I have a life that's rooted in a certain area and I need to make sure that, you know, if I do go there and buy that, you know, I have somebody to help me operate. Well, that's where we come in. And a lot of agents will tell you because a lot of people just in general that are in business, especially when they're commission based, they're going to tell you <clears throat> enough. They're going to tell you enough stuff for you to feel you know, smart enough and confident enough to buy something. But when it comes to operating, that's really not what they do. They're, they're, you know, an agent is not in place to help you operate. That's what property managers are for, but you can't have a relationship with property management unless you know someone. And usually that first point of contact is the agent that you deal with. And you're depending on them to kind of put you in front of the resources that are going to be the most beneficial for you. And you're hoping that that's going to work out. And in a lot of cases, you know, the agents spend all their time running around you got to think in the in the life of an agent how chaotic it is and how many jobs you have to do when you're an entrepreneur so agents do have good intentions a lot of times to put you in front of the right resources but they don't have the time to actually grow those resources and and make sure That they keep them honest and make sure that they're following up and make sure that you're not getting uh, put to the wayside or mistreated in some way. And that is a flaw of being an entrepreneur, where you're trying to, you know, you're working to make money to get a commission um, for a sale. And you know, sometimes, you know, you're going to say that you have certain things that you don't have, and you're going to do certain things that you might not normally do, depending on the level of desperation of whoever it is that's helping you. And that, that that doesn't just mean agents that means anybody who's trying to sell you something you know use car salesmen they'll do the same thing they'll tell you that a car uh, is the best car and it's the most dependable car and it's never been an accident to lure you down to the dealership and then you pull a carfax on it and realize that you know every panel on the car has been replaced at least once and uh, the odometer is not correct and uh, when you confront them they act like they didn't know and whatever well when you're an investor and you're putting up you know hundreds of thousands of dollars like No one gets to tell you, hey, I didn't know. Hey, sorry, I put you into the wrong position. I mean, this is like a financial situation in which you could be ruined, and people need to take that a lot more seriously. And there are a lot of people that do, but there's also a lot of people that, you know, may not be in a position to advise you correctly, and you might not find that out until it's too late. So this podcast and everything that I do is literally devoted to make sure that investors have the boots on the ground and the resources that they need because real estate people juggling and everything they're not good at everything they're good at only a certain amount of things but they still have to juggle all of the uh the balls you know what i mean they have to juggle all the bowling pins or whatever and and hopefully they don't come crashing down whereas a larger uh, company like mine would be more capable of helping you with all of the steps because we have the right people in place to be able to communicate with you, transact the deals, and then I can go out, find the deals, vet the deals, put you in front of the deals, break them down for you, talk them over, go out, look for them, look at them, get you know video for you, and et cetera, et cetera. And we'll go into that later. But you know the biggest thing is you came to Detroit and you decided you want to be an investor, and you, you may or may not know whether you want to be in the suburbs or you might want to be in the city of Detroit. And uh, this is where our initial consultation will go, depending on what your needs are, and this is what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to sit down with you, and we're going to create a game plan of what best works for you and what I think will put you in front of what will kind of mesh with you the right way you know, and, and then we'll make a game plan and then we'll go out attack it. and we don't do things on what ifs and we don't do things on, I hope it's going to be okay. Like we vet things and we have to do a process and that process is very particular. And if you do it, you have a less, way less likely uh, chance of failing. So we're going to go into uh, that. So you've decided all of these things and now you want to get into Detroit and 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 you're looking for somebody to be your boots on the ground because that's what everybody needs, and everybody needs to know that somebody's there for them to make sure that there's not going to be uh, any any situation that they get themselves into that they can't get themselves out out of. But the most important thing is to try to not ever get into that at all. So our company pairs investors with all the resources that they need to be successful in Detroit or in Metro Detroit. As an absentee investor, you need to have resources on hand, such as property management, real estate attorneys, title companies, contractors, leasing agents, as well as an agent that's here to do all of these things. And that's the most important thing. So when you're getting... Uh, to the point where you want to invest and, and you're thinking about you know pulling the trigger, like the first thing is you get your money straight, then you sit down and you have a consultation with somebody and you, you figure out what you're going to do. Then you figure out, and if you don't know, somebody who does know better than you is supposed to sit down and tell you, hey, you didn't think about these things and these resources that you're going to need and you didn't think about um, the most important thing that I want to mention on this. And I'm not going to make this podcast go on for more than like 25 minutes, I think, um, because I don't have a lot of time. And uh, I don't want to draw out every podcast for an hour. So the most important thing that you need to find out is what is your background personally? Because when you go into a market and you're trying to buy you know, properties, you're going to put certain kinds of tenants in these properties. And you have to have an idea of these tenants. And the most dangerous thing that I've seen in my career as a real estate person is people coming into a market like Detroit and then you know deciding that they're going to buy like let's say a section 8 property or they're going to buy D class properties in a bad area for like $40,000 and then they get those properties and they really don't relate to the area, they don't relate to that level uh, of neighborhood or the demographic, they don't relate to the tenants and the way they live and it's a really big divide between the investor and whoever it is that they are renting to. So when there's problems, they put those tenants with these property management companies that claim to manage D-class properties, and they make you sign these contracts that say, if we manage for you, we don't want you to speak to your tenant. We want to be direct contact with them because they'll try to convince you that it's detriment to the relationship between the property management company and the tenant. But really, a lot of it is because the relationship between certain tenants and certain levels of property can be volatile depending on the level of service that the property management company is providing to that tenant when they request maintenance or things like that. And it can be very difficult for someone to go in there after that damage is done and try to resurrect it with that tenant and make it be uh, a relationship where the tenants actually want to be reasonable and they feel like they ain't being cheated. So I'm going to say this, and it's the most important thing you'll ever learn. Do not ever think that you're going to go into any city as a landlord, particularly Detroit, and think that you're going to just buy all these cheap houses and you're going to cheap, you know cheap them all together and do all this cheap work and barely make them livable. And then you're going to put a section eight tenant in there for like the max amount of money that section eight will pay. And then that tenant's going to go into your house and it's all going to be fine. You're going to make all this money and you're not going to have to do anything. And you're going to make all this money off the backs of the impoverished. And you're going to be that type of person. Because if you are, I don't even want to hear from you. I don't want to hear from you as a client. Um, it's a failed program. I've seen it fail time and time again. And I've seen many, people come into this market with that mentality and they get chewed up and spit out. And it's not just by the tenant. And a lot of times, a lot of these issues are relayed to you from people where they try to make it sound like the tenant did all the damage and they destroyed the house and it was so bad and and you're a victim. But the reality of it is a lot of time, there's a lot of precursors that come into play when it comes to holding properties. And one of which is like, you know, putting a tenant in a home that they feel comfortable living in that doesn't have problems. Because you got to think, if you lived in a home that you were renting, and like you had pipes leaking, or you had sewage backing up in the basement, or your roof was leaking, or the the house wasn't safe in some way, or the heat wasn't act, you know, wasn't uh, adequate or whatever. Like when you start thinking about that, would you live in a place that? you know, had a landlord that was doing that to you. Like if you had sewage in your basement and you called your property manager and they didn't come and take, you know, take care of that right away, wouldn't you be upset? Because I know I would be, and that's a lot of the reason why, these volatile relationships are created between the tenant and the property management company and the landlord. So the biggest thing that you have to understand is like, after you get the money and you decide what you're going to do, you have to identify what properties that you are going to go after and why you're going to go after them. And you have to ask yourself, like, do you have you related to the situation of what those people and the level of life that they live? Do you have experience in your own personal life of doing that? And if you don't, like you have to, go for a more conservative investment or you have to have enough money where if you lose two, say of 10 houses and three of them go vacant and you need to turn them over, you got to have an adequate amount of money and reserves to be able to hold those properties in the meantime and fix them and do all that stuff. And then, you know, You're not eating at all because that's what usually happens. People buy, you know, a bunch of properties, they experience a whole bunch of problems. And then after that, the houses go vacant, they get eaten alive. And that's when like people start swarming and everybody's giving you a bill for everything. And you can't understand why you're not making any money and all that good stuff. So, the biggest thing that I'm going to say on this podcast that you need to keep in mind is, you know, figure out what avenue that you're going to go and do that by having like a consultation with me so we can talk about you personally your background your knowledge of things and like how much you know about you know d class b class c class whatever it is that you're going to go after because we have to identify what to target and if you do that you're going to be successful and you're going to have a better chance at things and these are things that people don't want to tell you because it will persuade you to maybe get discontent with trying to buy and you may not be a customer but i'd rather tell you the truth and rather give it to you straight so that's what we do on the On the uh, Detroit Buy, Hold, Invest podcast As we give it to you straight We tell you the truth that nobody wants you to know I appreciate you guys coming by Listening to me Uh, Don't forget to check me out on Apple Podcasts I'm also on Spotify You can check me out on my website We really appreciate you guys coming and taking a listen I'm going to cut this show close Cut it short, make it easy Y'all have a nice day It's Friday, go out there, have something good Do something good, be something good And build your life I'm out